Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. besties. It is Danny J. I am doing a solo episode today. Jill is out in Sedona at one of her masterminds learning and growing. And I just returned myself from 10 days away. I was in Costa Rica for a retreat, a couple's retreat that was very much needed and healing and really beautiful. And um, I'm going to talk about it a little bit today. um, But more so I'm going to just start with a bit of a trigger warning. Um, I don't know, this is going to be kind of a deeper episode, I suppose, Uh, pretty vulnerable episode and a little heavier one. So it's not going to be light and fun, um, but I hope it's real and I hope it's helpful to you and I hope it's relatable to some of you and maybe maybe can help you along your journey. I know Jill and I, whenever we do an episode, especially the hard ones, especially the very first one we ever did, sharing our experiences with the affairs was, we just said, if it helps just one person feel less alone, then it's worth it. And so I hope that this will be that for y'all. So kind of just backstory, I scheduled this couple's retreat months ago. And part of the reason is my partner and I, we've been through a lot the last couple of years. And, you know, I know if you've been a listener for a long time, you know, my mom passed away last year. You also know that I pretty much quit working and doing everything to take care of her the last seven months of her life. And um, it was a lot. It was super heavy. And it's not so easy to just dig yourself out of it, as we've realized. And we realized we needed some connection. We both had been through a lot of traumas. And so I kind of want to talk about trauma um, throughout this episode. And what does that look like? And what does that mean? And how do you heal from it? And, and just talk about what's true for me right now. So a big thing that I have been personally struggling with is feeling like I haven't had any clarity, feeling like I haven't had any thoughts in my head. Um, Jill and I joke around about this of like just not having anything to talk about, no thoughts in my brain. And I recognize that this has kind of come out of some of the traumatic experiences over the last few years. Um, But one of the things I went to this retreat for was for some clarity, maybe some space to think about things, to look at my life, to look at my strengths and weaknesses and kind of come up with a plan for the new year. And I was talking to one of the teachers there and he said, and, and I told him that at one point I remember just being so excited and passionate about life and having things to talk about every day and never running out of that. And he said, well, And I said, I just don't know if I believe that stuff anymore. And he said, well, it's not about the things exactly, like the subject matter. It's what was true for you when you spoke about it. Is that correct? And I said, yeah, yeah, it was true for me. I said, I don't know if it's true for me anymore, but it was true for me. And he said, well, then why don't you just talk about what's true for you? And he said, you know, you're a storyteller, Danny, and not all stories are butterflies and rainbows. And that really hit me because... When he said that I'm a storyteller, I feel like that's true. And I also feel like there are a lot of things that are true for me, but I felt stifled in talking about them because maybe they're not fun stories. They're not things that 
are maybe more popular, maybe they're a little bit more in the underground. And so this whole episode is going to be basically what's true for me right now. And so what's true for me right now is that I've been going through a lot and I've been studying a lot over the last couple of months about trauma. And the reason I came to this <laughs> was it was finally a recognition that I had been through a lot of traumatic experiences in the last couple of years. And we all have. And in fact, I just typed in trauma to the top of Google. And what it says is trauma is the lasting emotional response that often results from living through a distressing event. Experience a traumatic event can harm a person's sense of safety, sense of self, and ability to regulate emotions and navigate relationships. So while I don't want to speak for everyone, I will say that 2020, that year, the pandemic, the racial tension, the George Floyd stuff that was going on, the local looting, you know, I was in LA, there was a lot of looting going on in Santa Monica and like nearby areas, violence going on in Missouri and so many cities. And then top that off with uncertainty about work. Like personally, all of my travel and gigs were canceled for the year and then they were put off to the back end of the year and canceled again. Uncertainty about the work, uncertainty about the economy. It was as close to a global traumatic event as I've ever seen. You know, a lot of us remember 9-11 and that was a traumatic event for, I, I would like to say everyone who was alive then who can remember what that was about. And I think the pandemic was, if not on that level, close to that level because it involved and impacted the entire world, not just the United States. And of course, 9-11 didn't just impact the, United, impact the United States either, but I think it impacted us and our feelings of safety probably more than any other countries. And so I want to start here because this is where I think it applies to everyone or at least most people and then to break it down into my personal traumatic events that just led to more and more. So first, let's just start with we have this global traumatic event, global traumatic event, going back to the definition, the lasting emotional response that often results from living through a distressing event. It can harm a person's sense of safety, which I really believe the pandemic, the racial tensions, the looting, the <laughs> even the uh, what's it called? Like how things are late, you know, you can't, um, man, what is it called? Like you can't order, people are trying to order furniture and it's taking months and months and months, chain supply. It, even that, it's our sense of safety, our sense of security, all the things that we knew that were not working the same anymore. Um, our finance, finances, like we were getting these um, checks from the government because people weren't sure if they were going to work or if they were going to have any money. And so our sense of safety was really, really hit sense of self. You know, for me personally, I was a speaker full time and all of my speaking gigs were canceled. So if I'm not speaking, then who am I? And then it also affects your ability to regulate your emotions and navigate relationships. So while going through all of these things, having our sense of safety, having our sense of self, having um, so many changes happen at once, it's going to affect how you show up how you regulate. And some people handled it really well. In fact, I would say at the beginning of the pandemic, I felt like I handled it well. I was like, okay, cool. I get to stay home. I work from home. It doesn't change too much. I mean, a lot of things did change, but at the same time, they didn't. And that still being said, <laughs> there was a funny story. Uh, I watched Contagion. It's a movie that 
y'all, I don't know if you want to watch it if you haven't seen it, but I watched it about five days before we went on lockdown. And it's basically a movie about a pandemic. And the only difference is, is that the people were dying within literally days, like 72 hours of getting the virus. And people were looting stores, breaking down, breaking into people's homes, stealing food, stealing from the grocery store. And so Jeff and I were like, oh my God, this is happening right now. Like literally we're going through contagion because we didn't know what was going on with, with COVID and and everything. We were in LA. We had just moved into this Airbnb where there was a shooting and a death on the corner the day before we moved in. So we weren't in the safest neighborhood. And just watched the movie so I'm freaking out and my dad has an extra gun and I was like dad can we get your gun because I was thinking shit now the looting's gonna start and we need a weapon so we got in the car we drove from LA to Las Vegas it's about a four-hour drive went and grabbed a gun from my dad's house and just turned around same day to drive back to LA and we were so worried because we had been hearing all of these things about martial law like they might shut off the freeways and block everyone so we went a back way to get home and so while I think I handled it well, we were also like, uh, this is kind of could be really freaky and let's be prepared. And of course, we saw people hoarding toilet paper, um, food. I remember going to the grocery stores and there was no meats, there was no milk, there was no eggs. All that was left was just like the shitty brands of beans and I don't know, there was not a lot left. So I will say it affected us even as much as I want to say it didn't. It did, right? Even if you personally didn't subscribe to the fear and didn't say you felt like you weren't going to jump into it, you saw it happening around you and and had to affect you in some way and some kind of feeling. And there's different types of trauma. So I started researching this more and more. I've been watching a movie and I'm going to tell you a lot of these resources, but there's acute trauma which is like an immediate, something happens right away, right? Like a car crash, um, an assault, sexual assault, physical assault, or sudden death of a loved one. Then there's chronic trauma, and this could be something that's something that's repeated or prolonged. So this could be like someone constantly bullying you, um, neglect, abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, physical abuse, I think I already said physical, emotional, um, domestic violence just something that's happening repeatedly. And then there's complex trauma, which can be just experienced by having repeated multiple different things with no possibility of escape or feeling like you're trapped. Um, and it just can undermine your sense of safety and you begin to be hypervigilant. Um, then there's secondary trauma. And so this is what I wanted to bring back to the pandemic was maybe if you didn't necessarily feel like something really awful, terrible happened to you that you saw it happen to other people. Just witnessing the George Floyd um, incident could be a secondary trauma. And then the last um, is adverse childhood experiences. You may have, I've only heard of this recently called the ACE score. And basically, there's a test to see how many adverse childhood experiences you can have. I think it's a list from 1 to 10. And the higher your number, the higher likelihood you have experienced some kind of traumas. So this is something you might have witnessed or faced growing up before you really have any abilities, like coping skills to help you get through them. And all of these things have an effect on the brain. And the reason I'm talking about it is <laughs> really all comes back to what's been going on with me and like not having nothing, nothing in my brain. 
And at first, I really first recognized this after my mom passed away. And I can't remember if we shared this on the episode of losing a parent, but, and I'm I'm thinking not because I feel like we recorded it soon after, but something very interesting happened to me where I lost so much of my memory of the week after my mom passed away and the, the day of her funeral. I remember I had to kept, keep asking Jeff, where was I sitting? Where was my dad sitting? Where was my brother sitting? Who was at the funeral? There were people that I saw I don't remember seeing or talking to. I don't remember, <laughs> I don't remember anything I said, although I know it's written down because I read a lot of what I said at my mom's funeral. I don't remember anything my dad said. I don't remember anything my brother said. And it was really scary and disturbing to me that I lost my memory. And I learned that traumatic events, you can often have memories blocked out. And I've heard of this happening before. And I've heard of people having, you know, repressed memories or having some kind of abuse happen when they were younger. And then it comes out later. And I never understood. I'm like, how could you forget something like that? And then suddenly it happened to me. And while I didn't feel like this was that much of a traumatic event, I mean, I know it was intellectually, but it was wild to me that I forgot so many of the details of the last week in those days. And I was talking to one of my counselors about it and she just was sharing how it's our brain's way of protecting itself. And so by shutting certain parts of the brain down, it helps the body respond to stress and respond to threats. And I lost some memories that were wild to me that I could even... um, just that can't access, you know, very, very strange. So you might be wondering, what does this have to do with anything? I suppose I'm not sure. Um, But I just want to state it in case that you have also found yourself struggling with memory problems in the last couple of years. Um, Concentration problems, there's so many things that come up as the body's response to trauma that I want to kind of um, recognize and share in case you're finding some of these things are happening with you. So, you know, as initially, there's the short term, maybe fear, anxiety, there's shock, uh, those kind of things. But as let's say the crisis, there, there's space created between the the crisis or whatever happened, that starts to fade from memory. But sometimes things are still being affected on your day to day life, your sleep could be insomnia, could be oversleeping, um, emotional disturbances, like really extreme anger, sadness, or depression, even dissociation where you feel like you're like outside of your body. And so one of the things that also happened to me, and this is where it was like one thing stacked on top of another, right? So first it was the global pandemic and all of those things happened, which I was like, yeah, I'm handling it well. Then the big one was first finding out about my mom's brain tumor. I went into such a state of shock that I lost like 10 pounds within a very, very short amount of time. I pretty much didn't eat for about three and a half weeks. And I I couldn't. And my body felt like I was running on adrenaline. It felt like I was uh, sick, nauseous. And this is why I used to preach. And one of the reasons I was struggling is things I used to believe and I used to preach. I used to share this talk about how you can't control what happens to you. You can only control how you you react. And now I just don't believe that. I don't believe that you can control how you react sometimes. You find out your loved one has a brain tumor and you don't have the time to think about it. You just burst into tears or you burst into some kind of emotion and you find out your partner is having an affair. You 
find immediate anger, there's there's something that comes up. Now you do get to choose how you take that news as it goes on, but the initial reaction, a reaction is a reaction, right? If you throw a match on a, a lit match on a puddle of gasoline, it's gonna explode. That's a reaction, right? It's a chemical reaction, but it's a reaction. So I don't believe we can control reactions. We can control our thoughts later. We can control our how we perceive things, but our initial reactions we can't control. And so I retract any time I've ever said that, that you can't control what happens. You can only control how you react because I really don't believe that anymore. And so, of course, I lost a lot of weight. I couldn't eat. And, you know, 10 pounds may not be a lot, but I don't, I'm not like a super fit person. I'm not overweight, though. I don't really have a lot of weight to lose. So I felt really weak. Um, I felt like I didn't look like my best self. And it was really a struggle to keep down any meals. And just I was immediately physically physically triggered. And it was the only other time that's ever happened to me was when I found out about my ex-husband's affair. And so it was a very similar um, shock response to the news. And and then I spent the next seven months being very hypervigilant about my mom um, and her recovery. She would wake up at two in the morning and I had to take her to the bathroom. And there was a lot of um, medicines I had to keep track of. And so my brain was in overdrive trying to make sure she was okay. And then because she had a brain trauma, uh, traumatic brain injury, you can call it. If you've ever heard anything about traumatic brain injuries is that people with traumatic brain injuries have wild uh, emotional behavior breakouts. And my mom was tough to be around. She would freak out. She'd scream. You know, sometimes she was really nice. And sometimes she was just so overbearing and just a lot. And it was so hard when I felt like I was giving everything to her and she just couldn't appreciate it. And I know that wasn't her fault that she couldn't appreciate it. She was in her own mental hell from from a brain tumor. But it was a huge stress on me, emotional stress, actual physical stress because of what my body was going through and mental stress and and physical stress from even my hormones being affected from not eating and, and all of that. Hey besties, this episode is brought to you by Blissoma Skincare. Y'all, this product, these products I should say, um, are so incredibly delicious for your skin. I received a box of, uh, we got a toner, moisturizer, a cleanser, some eye serums, facial serums. And what I first noticed, which was really interesting, was the product color. So I pumped out some of the serums and the moisturizer in my hands, and it was kind of a greenish brown, earthy color. And for a moment, I was kind of taken aback. And then I realized that most of my skincare products are white. And I started to think about why is that? If I have natural products, why is everything white? And I thought, what kind of chemicals and processes must these other companies be using to make everything the same color? And if it's truly a natural product, it's probably gonna have natural coloring. So I have to say, I love the natural colors. I love the natural scents and smells. It smells really fresh and clean and my skin looks really nice and glowy. And Blasoma is really big on regenerative agriculture and just having beautiful results. They go beyond organic and they don't use any synthetic fertilizers or herbicides in what they grow. And basically you've got seed to bottle 
kind of process here. So if you want to try the skincare line out, they are hooking you up with a trial skincare set. Each of these trial skincare sets have five products in them at a really affordable price. You can try this out and they're giving you all 30% off. So if you go to Blissoma, B-L-I-S-S-O-M-A, use the Best Life at checkout, you'll get 30% off the trial skincare set. This code expires on December 31st, 2022. So do not wait. Run to blissoma.com. Use the Best Life for your trial skincare set now. After all of this, and then of course, after she passed away, and I forgot a month I guess two months after I was actually robbed. And if any of you have ever been, had anything stolen from you, um, it's very, you feel really violated. You know, even if you weren't there, if someone's ever broken into your car, someone's broken into your garage, even if they didn't take anything, there's a violation. And I was traveling and it happened to be at an Airbnb and I was out with friends and we came home and the whole place was ransacked. And it was terrifying to know that someone was in our space while we were gone and then not knowing, are they there? Are they watching us? So our sense of safety was really, was really shaken. Although I, again, I thought I nearly handled that decently well. I had a lot of things stolen from me. I had my laptop stolen. I had podcast gear stolen, um, some bags stolen, but I was quote handling it well. And then seven days later, I was about to leave and I was in a different location, I woke up to my phone missing and the door open and realizing someone had broken in in the middle of the night again and robbed me again, taken my phone. And I was able to get on a person's computer and saw that they had used my face to unlock it. And then they were in the process of changing passwords on multiple email accounts that I had. And so the thought of someone physically being in my space while I was asleep, using my own face to open my phone, really, really messed me up. It, talking about sense of safety being (laughs) traumatically gone, and then having my phone gone, which has, you know, my banking information, um, my mom and my grandmother's social security information and my notes, everything on the cloud, but my laptop was already gone from the week before and now my phone, so I've got no access. I call Apple iCloud and they shut it all down, so I have now access to anything. And so now I am, oh, and my passport was in the backpack that they stole. So I'm in another country, been robbed twice, I have nothing to contact anyone, and I'm trying to get home. And so I'd love to say that, you know, If one of these things happened, I would have been okay, but I think it was the combination of back to back to back to back to back. And then eight months later, uh, someone broke into our home where we live in Las Vegas. Jeff and I were out of town for a couple days. We didn't have the camera on that we usually have for the dog. We come home and our mattresses were flipped up. Um, Things were broken. Our door was, was crowbarred open, our sliding glass door, a window was broken. And again, you know, you think you're safe and someone comes into your home and suddenly your sense of safety is gone. And at this point, I had kind of become numb and I left town immediately. I had to go to a bachelorette party and I left the camera and I could see Jeff. He was walking down the stairs with the gun. He would just go up and down stairs and I knew he was terrified. And it was so hard to see someone be scared and he'd leave the lights on. He left the, he wouldn't sleep with the lights off for about two weeks. And to see a grown man scared to, you know, sleep with the lights off is really 
it was sad and it was really hard to to watch and so this all of this coming to a head of <laughs> well first off why the fuck why does it seem like it's happening repeatedly over and over and over but this finally came to where I needed to stop beating myself up over the fact that I wasn't per- putting out any content and upset over not knowing what to say or to talk about because when all this shit happens to you honestly it kind of you don't really care about much of anything else I I recognized this recently the elections were just coming up and my dad texted me and he said the first time in my you know 40 something years of voting that I just don't care and I was like you know that's so valid you just lost your wife for 43 years like the election kind of feels like who the fuck cares after that and so I want to recognize like apathy is a symptom of trauma as well, because how can you care? (laughs) Honestly, how can you care about world events? How can you care about, you know, something like elections or whatever, when your personal life and your personal world is so shaken, there's so many things going on there. You just, you have less fucks to give. That's the only way I can put it. And so... All of these traumas, um, there's so many types. And I I started to watch this movie called The Wisdom of Trauma. And I would definitely recommend you go to this website. It's thewisdomoftrauma.com. And I found this doctor, uh, Dr. Gabor Mate, and he's a trauma specialist. And he talks about addictions, how all addictions come from trauma, cancer, and so many things. It blew my mind. Um, The Body Keeps the Score. It's an amazing book and resource about how your body stores trauma and how to release it. And so there's been so many things I've been working on um, to help myself get through this. And so I wanted to share some of those things that I've been working through and just kind of share where I'm at. Like my truth is, (laughs) like what's true for me is I haven't felt like talking about anything because I've been just so shook in my own life and um this puppy helps me through most of it i feel like but we can have trauma caused by natural events you know even fuck the hurricanes that have been happening uh tornadoes fires um so many things like that also a f- literally accidents car accident mountaineering accident Um, we talked also about secondary trauma or, you know, watching from someone else. If you're like a paramedic, firefighter, police, like you might have just witnessed so many traumatic things that it causes trauma from seeing it, right? So many first responders commit suicide because of what they witness and how it's hard to deal with. And it's just a lot. And so I feel like it's really important for us to understand One, like the causes of trauma, there's so many, obviously, but two, what happens to us and how can we get through it? Because I don't think any human can get out alive without going through some kind of traumas, but the extent can always be different. The amount, all of that can be different, but how do we work through? And so I'm just going to assume that we've all gone through some kind of mini traumas, just living through the 2020, 2021 being alive. And then if you've had your own personal things like I have, whether it's divorce, breakup, illness, you know, even if you got COVID, 
that could have been pretty traumatizing. Uh, losing your job, having the fear of losing your job, losing a business, all of those things. If you've gone through any of these, and I'm going to just assume you have or you will at some point in your life, it's how do we work through it? So if, if trauma is left unaddressed, what happens? Why, why do we need to treat it? Why do we need to work through it? Well, well, addiction, a lot of times addictions come from the body's need to try to regulate itself, regulate its nervous system so it finds something that feels good, whether it's drugs, alcohol, sex, gambling, um, you name it, anything you can become addicted to, you can. Um, what else happens if you don't treat it? Rage, anger, violence against others, sadness, depression, suicidal thoughts. All of those things can persist and continue if you don't address the trauma that was that's underneath everything. So, uh, mental illness. I believe a lot of mental illness is caused by trauma and I think some of it can be healed and that might be ballsy to say, but I really believe that's true. I believe we can work through some mental illnesses if we deal with the underlying trauma. So there's not just one treatment and a lot of things I really believe um, it's a multifaceted approach. So lifestyle changes, right? This is something we talk about. Um, and, and this podcast, you know, Jill and I came from a fitness background and it was more for body image and how we felt about ourselves and looking good. But honestly, right now for me, fitness and eating good is more about my mental health. So eating better, you know, while I'm going through this stuff, I can't tell you, I just was craving alcohol, eating like shit, eating really crappy in the last probably month and a half. We, while I was getting ready to go to Costa Rica, they really wanted us on a strict diet. And so I cut out all caffeine, I cut out red meats, I cut out um, aged meats and cheeses, did a lot more veggie, plant-based meals. And, you know, eating healthy helps our mind, of course. Avoiding alcohol, avoiding drugs, getting enough sleep. I recently found out I had sleep apnea. And so that was like, oh my gosh, that's going to make things worse, right? Um, sleep issues are a big deal when you're dealing with trauma, whether it's insomnia or oversleeping. And so getting adequate sleep, rest, hydration, seeing loved ones regularly and emphasizing self-care. Like last night, I was not feeling so great. And I'm like, I'm just going to take a bath and go to bed early. And I just made myself a really nice bath, rubbed some oil on my skin and just went to bed at night. Actually, I think it was eight o'clock, super early for me. So lifestyle changes, big, big treatment. Uh, psychotherapy or counseling or coaching even. You know, this is something to have someone help talk through. Maybe this is like talk therapy. This will help build resilience, get coping skills, um, address some of the unresolved feelings, things that are keeping you stuck. Um, maybe some kind of exposure therapy, um, even in cognitive behavioral therapy. I've been reading a lot on this lately on just really dissecting your thoughts and seeing where they come from to see the truth in them. So a good cognitive behavioral therapist can help you there. And you want to find someone who um, maybe is, uh, what do they call it? Like trauma-informed, trauma-informed care. So someone who has trauma-informed care means they recognize, you know, the past traumas and they and the maladaptive coping mechanisms that you may be using. Um, 
and might help you re recognize yourself. You know, a lot of times we develop these addictions, we develop these, uh, whatever they are, call it maladaptive, but we develop them to cope with what we're trying to get through. Our bodies and brains don't do stuff just for the hell of it. Like we are always trying to get back to feeling good. Um, and so someone who is at the very least informed, trauma-informed care provider can help there. And then something that I've been deep, 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 deep diving in is psychedelic assisted therapy. So I joined this psychedelic assisted therapy summit about a month and a half ago, and it was like seven days of videos um, of researchers and indigenous tribes and people and um, just people who were excited about it and, and psychotherapists and all kinds of walks of life to look into how psychedelics can help people process traumas, um, get through them. And something like psilocybin that comes from mushrooms. I, you know, I know we did an episode, Jill and I did an episode in 2019. We did ayahuasca in Costa Rica in the jungle. And that helped me tremendously through, um, through some of my traumas when I was younger and through my divorce. And I recently, um, uh, about maybe two, two and a half weeks after my mom passed away, I did a psilocybin journey on my own to help me process through that. And I recently also did an MDMA journey. There is MDMA assisted therapy. A lot of, and this is it's actually going to be rescheduled, meaning it won't be um, a Schedule One substance and should be more legalized um, in 2023 for MDMA. But uh, Jeff and I did some ketamine treatments, which is legal now. If you're interested, I can you can DM me and I can tell you more about it. But there's ketamine, there's MDMA, there's psilocybin, there's ayahuasca. Some of these things are illegal in the United States. Sometimes you have to go tra um, travel for them. But I have found tremendous. <sighs> relief, um, tremendous insights from doing some of these psychedelic assisted um, work. And so I'm happy to share my experiences with you. If you want to DM me, dannyj.com on Instagram, and I could do more episodes on this and I probably will later, but it's definitely something worth looking into if you feel like you're just at your wits end and you're not sure and you've tried everything else and you've done the talk therapy and you're still not where you want to be. Um, and the, one of the things we did while at this couple's retreat in Costa Rica was, um, some psychedelic, uh, we had some psychedelic journeys as well. So all of this to say, um, my, <laughs> not my truth, but what's true for me right now is I'm being gentle with myself. I am trying to let things come up and look at what's going on in my brain, all of this lack of, quote, lack of ideas and lack of motivation and feeling like I'm falling behind is normal, given what I've gone through the last few years. And so I've been trying to have a lot more compassion for myself in that way. Um, it's been hard, though, because as a very driven person who's always doing something, who's always striving, um, it's hard to sit back and it's been hard to uh, feel like I'm not myself. It's been hard to feel like I'm not who I want to be. And 
you know, some of my reactions I've had and reactions in my relationship and how I've responded to my partner. I haven't felt like that's my best version of myself. And it's one of the reasons we went to the retreat is to get back to that and to, um, you know, we did it as a couple's retreat, but Jeff and I both really went as individuals. We we both have said to each other and ourselves that if we can't be good versions of ourselves, like we're not going to be the best couple. And so we really went to work on ourselves as individuals and to treat, <laughs> to work on the individual traumas that we've each been suffering and then coming together with. And so in a partnership, it's been difficult, right? I've been through my stuff with my mom. He was there too as part of it and he was robbed as well the third time. And so there's just so many things that we're just trying to to piece together and and love ourselves and then love each other. And so we're both working on that. And I'm, I just want to share that the work that I've been doing um, and hopefully that maybe hearing this, maybe you're recognizing some things in your own and going, oh, maybe I'm not lazy. Maybe I'm not unmotivated. Maybe I'm just literally dealing with trauma right now and I need to work through it. Another thing that I need to not, uh, not fail to mention is breath work. I've had some amazing, amazing breathwork experiences. My very first breathwork experience was at Rhythmia in 2019, and I hated it so much. I said I never wanted to do it again. And then one of my good friends, Elizabeth Fay, she's been on the podcast. She got certified in somatic breathwork. And as a, just as a friend who was like, okay, I'll, I'll do it because you're teaching it just to, you know, try once. Um, I ended up loving her class. And I I have done it multiple times since while we were in Costa Rica. We also did breath work, had some really powerful experiences. If you get a chance, if you don't want to go down the psychedelic route, you really don't have to. Um, you don't have to do anything illegal. Look in your town for anyone who maybe does somatic breath work. Um, and you might even be able to do uh, do it online on Zoom. So anyway, I hope some of these are resor- uh, good resources for you. I would, I really encourage you if this any of this sounds like interesting or you want to help someone or you want to help yourself, Go to the wisdomoftrauma.com and you can watch the movie. I think it's like seven bucks or something, or it's like a you know, a donation, a donation of seven bucks. But there's also a tab on top that says resources. And so there's a ton of books, there's a ton of um, interviews, podcasts, documentaries, super, super helpful. Um, and it's it's helped me a lot and I'm working through it and I I uh hope to see y'all on the other side. So let me know if this helped any of you all, if it made sense. And if not, I'm sorry. Um, And we'll see you with Jill um, on the next episode. Love you guys. Bye.